0: It's Tuesday, just before 9 a.m. Ten women are setting up yoga mats in front of a Lululemon store. They're here every week for the free mom and baby yoga class. So
1: for the first time ever, I made it here before you guys already started class. Just saying. <laughs>
0: They're not just here for yoga. They talk about how much or how little their babies yeah, sleep.
2: Like a five snooze. Oh, in the car. Like or eat. I'm very on and off with like the solids. I'm it's more like mommy talk. It's almost like a decompression session of like emotions and everything else.
0: That's so. Linda. Today, she's here with her three children. When the class is done, Linda says she'll join the other mothers for coffee. And then she typically spends the rest of her day here at Vaughan Mills, a shopping centre in the city of Vaughan, just outside Toronto.
2: Everything's accommodating for the baby. Like, there's food here, there's, you know, the bathrooms are accommodating for changing the babies and feeding them. So we stay here the whole day. Our usual routine is we'll do Starbucks for a couple of hours, then we do Winners, kids' places... You're a Von Mills dream. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my husband hates that.
0: (laughs) Linda's husband might hate that routine, but it's working well for Von Mills. It's one of many shopping centres across the country that are trying to find ways to convince us to come inside and stay for as long as possible. I'm Sean Stanley. Today on Industry Interrupted, shopping centres are fighting to stay relevant. As Canadians spend more and more money online, will we still go to the mall? First, a word from our sponsor. You work hard to get ahead, so why not make the most out of your hard-earned money? Stay ahead with Fidelity Investments. Go to fidelity.ca
3: slash stayahead for the latest trends affecting your financial well-being.
0: Ironically, the person who pioneered the design of modern-day malls ended up hating how they evolved. His name was Victor Gruen. He was an Austrian immigrant who came to the U.S. in 1938. In 1952, Victor unveiled plans for an indoor shopping center in Edina, Minnesota. It became the model for thousands of other suburban malls across North America. Victor's vision was to create a space reminiscent of the town squares in Europe where people hung out, they shopped, they ate, and they could sit and watch the world go by. He brought the outdoors inside. There were plants, trees, a skylight, a fish pond, and a 21-foot cage filled with canaries. The centre of the mall was an inviting area where visitors could spend time together. Victor wanted to create a lively space where he could do more than just shop. Jeff Hardwick wrote a biography about Gruen. It's called Mallmaker.
3: He wants to have apartments. He wants to have
0: dentist's office,
3: libraries in Minnesota. He's got a bomb shelter, um, daycares for kids, radio stations, just a whole range of sort of activities. In his mind, it's not going to be solely about retail, but they end up quickly turning
0: to all retail all the time. That's because major department stores were footing the bills for these malls, and they were only interested in what brought in the most money. Retail.
3: He feels like he had this more expansive idea of what a suburban center could be, and it just gets lost.
0: By the 70s, here's how Gruen felt about North American malls.
3: I think his line is, I refuse to pay alimony for
0: those b****** developments. Fast forward to the 1980s, and malls are rad. Consumer culture is at its peak. In many communities, the local mall is the place to be. This 1984 ad for Mountain View Mall in Midland, Ontario, does a good job summing up the appeal. Ask yourself this. Do you enjoy fighting traffic, parking problems, or shopping in cold, wet weather? Of course you don't, so why do it?
3: Shopping should be pleasurable, a time to relax, a time to explore. Comfortable, convenient, and a whole lot
0: more. You'll find everything you need this Christmas at Mountain View Mall in Midland. We've got it all. These days, malls face a big challenge. So far this year, at least 20 retail chains announced plans to close stores in Canada. That amounts to hundreds of Canadian retail locations closing shop in 2019. Some call it a retail apocalypse. One of the reasons? We don't have as much disposable income as we used to. We're spending more on technology, and we have more monthly subscriptions. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Spotify, they add up fast. Many people will say online shopping is killing bricks-and-mortar stores. In Canada, the stats indicate we still do most of our shopping in stores. Tamara Zames is an analyst with the market research firm NPD Group.
2: For apparel specifically, it's about a quarter of the sales now are happening online.
0: A quarter of the sales. That means Canadians are spending $6.7 billion online for apparel instead of in stores. That's a billion dollars more than we spent in 2017.
2: We're saying over the past year online has contributed to an incremental $1 billion in sales, where in-store actually declined by 3%, which translates to about $677 million in loss of sales. So you can definitely see that the incremental, the minuscule growth that we are seeing in the market is coming from online.
0: Tamara says Canadians like online shopping because of the convenience and endless options it provides. We also like to read reviews about what we're buying.
2: Those are all of the drivers that we talk about today for consumer purchase behavior. And what happens is traditional brick-and-mortar stores don't necessarily reflect those changes, where online is able to adjust to them faster. So that's really pushing the speed for online sales.
0: So how do malls compete When you can get anything you want delivered to your door with a few clicks.
2: You want
4: the most variety, the best price, and an experience if you can
0: get it. The experience is a little thin online. Coming up, Derek Koss is the chief development officer at Ivanhoe Cambridge, a real estate company that owns 28 malls across Canada.
3: This podcast was made
0: possible through the support of Fidelity Investments. All over the world, Fidelity Investments is looking for inspired investment opportunities to help you make the most of your hard-earned money. Stay ahead with Fidelity Investments. Go to fidelity.ca slash ahead for valuable investment tools and their latest insights. Back at Vaughn Mills, I'm with Derek in a virtual reality arcade. So we're on a Roller coaster ride. It's going super fast. Derek Koss is the chief development officer at Ivanhoe Cambridge, the company that owns Vaughn Mills as well as 27 other shopping centres across Canada. There's a helicopter that's just flown right in front of us. We didn't just come here to try the roller coaster or run away from virtual zombies. <laughs> oh, they're stabbing us multiple times with scissors. <laughs> We're here to talk about how Vaughn Mills is trying to offer customers more experiences, a trend you'll find in malls across the country. Traditional retail stores are being replaced with tenants that are more focused on offering you a chance to have fun instead of leaving with handfuls of shopping bags. Derek acknowledges that if you want to get people into the mall, you need a lot more than just stores and convenient parking.
4: We really look at malls as a cultural hub. It's an opportunity to engage with community, to think about other types of uses to bring to the mall, such as residential, uh, co-working, uh, health and wellness concepts. If you you look back through history, each and every thing that we did in life was a separate sort of uh, journey. We went to work. We went to the mall. Uh, We went out and socialized with our friends. But today, that's changed. It's all beginning to blend together. And so all these trends play into what a cultural hub, retail center, ought to be. And it ought to meet their needs where they are. And I think that as time has progressed, the last 30 years that I've been in the business, we thought we knew what customers wanted 30 years ago. They wanted convenience. That's changed. And we're spending more and more time listening to what they have to say so that we can create places, not only that they want to shop in, but that they want to be in.
0: That's one of the reasons you'll find a massive grizzly bear in the middle of Tawasin Mills Mall in Delta, B.C., The one-ton bear is one of 22 enormous art pieces scattered throughout the shopping centre. Or why you can have an immersive butterfly experience at the Distante Shopping Centre on Montreal's South Shore. And why a mall somewhere near you is probably about to open a fancy food hall or food market or full-service restaurant, if they haven't already. Mall landlords know these attractions can bring in a lot of people. And of course, once you're in the building...
4: We
3: might go to the Disney store... And then we're going to go out and have some lunch.
0: That's Trina. Today, she brought her six-year-old daughter to Legoland at Vaughan Mills. They are among the 23,000 visitors who come to this indoor Lego playground each month. Now, Vaughan Mills is getting ready to unveil another major attraction. This will be the first shopping center in the world to house an interactive Cirque du Soleil entertainment center. Visitors will be able to bungee jump, do aerial parkour, trampolining, and more the president of retail at Ivanhoe Cambridge has described it as part of a, quote, transformation of our shopping centers into holistic experience destinations. That may sound like a lofty goal, but, like Derek Koss told us, malls have to evolve. They have to offer people experiences, Instagram moments, a reason to come inside.
4: I think we learned that from Sears. They had a great concept years ago. They didn't evolve. We must evolve. And so this is a continuing evolution, if you will. And there are no, there's no one answer, no one solution. Many ideas and many of them are being explored. And I think as long as you're open to that, you'll succeed. If you're not, then I think
1: you're gonna have a tough time continuing to thrive in this environment.
0: But there's another reason some malls struggle.
1: Unfortunately, some of the shopping centers that I've seen in smaller communities that maybe even had independent retailers or tried them out, haven't been nearly as successful.
0: That's Craig Patterson. If you want to talk about malls, he's your man. Craig works with the Retail Council of Canada, and he's been studying the performance of Canadian shopping centres for years.
1: You know, when I look at successful shopping centres in smaller cities as well as larger cities, they often have the same stores. Uh, I guess that provides consistency, but it's, it's almost the same. I mean, again, you can get the same brands in Grand Prairie as you can in downtown Vancouver and you know downtown Toronto, and that's a lack of uniqueness.
0: So it seems Canadians like consistency in their malls. Derek Koss from Ivanhoe Cambridge believes we're also looking for opportunities to feel zen, something you may not associate with going to a mall.
4: People are asking not for more television monitors, but more calm. And I think you have to look at that and understand that and begin to design spaces that respond to that.
0: So by doing that, people may want to just come here and hang out. They may not spend a dime while they're here. Yes. Are
4: you okay with that? Absolutely. This has to be a great place first. Of course, we we have a business to run. But if it's not a great place, it's not repeatable. People don't come back. Um, Stores, certainly, and people vote with their feet.
0: What about the money Canadians are spending online instead of in stores? Derek says in the future, online and in-store shopping will work together. You have to
4: look at it as an ecosystem it's all part of the same, it's shopping, right? So whether you're doing it online or whether you're doing it in a cultural hub retail center, you want the most variety, the best price, and an experience if you can get it. Uh, As we move forward, I see it more as a partnership as opposed, well, you just choose online or you just choose uh, in-store shopping. I think both will exist. Uh, We do know that when uh, native brands open a physical store, that their sales go up online. So there's a correlation. It's all different ways to shop, but it's shopping.
0: Some retail experts say bricks and mortar stores will actually become more like showrooms, a place where you can check out the merchandise and then order online.
1: It's almost like a space that a person can go into and you know, experience the brand, look at things, try them out.
0: Craig Patterson says studies show Gen Z, teens and early 20s, actually prefer a physical shopping experience.
1: That's why we're seeing things like record stores with vinyl, which, you know, we thought that would be dead, but it seems to almost be coming back, you know. They're embracing bookstores, which is another thing that we didn't think would be able to stick around. So, uh, you know, we're seeing the younger generation actually embracing physical spaces, but I think to attract them, especially, you know, in this age where people are constantly taking photos of themselves and their friends and doing things on social media, I think as consumers, we're starting to embrace experiences more. We're spending more money on food, and we're spending more money on, you know, entertainment. Uh, uh, you know, gadgets like iPhones. I mean, these are all expenses that are taking away money from, you know, potential, say, fashion purchases.
0: That's why, as Derek Koss points out, a mixed-use mall gives developers and landlords the best bang for their buck.
4: As we found, you know, an office project on its own, eight hours of dwell time, office and retail together, about 12. When you combine that with residential, about 18 hours of active time. That's what you want, to create a great place. Projects, um, centers, cultural hubs that do that are more successful.
0: So what would Victor Gruen think about this evolution? You remember him, the pioneer behind the modern day mall who said, I refuse to pay alimony for those developments. Here's Jeff Hardwick. Gruen's biographer.
3: Knowing Gruen, he would say, it's about time that everybody realized the beauty and perfection of my original plan. Um, So I mean, his plans were very sort of hopeful and very geared towards providing people in the suburbs with places to go and things to do. And he imagined that they would want to do more than just shop, but he knew the profit was in the shopping. And so he, I think he would sort of say, you know, mixed use centers, putting apartments and condos and cafes and more restaurants and grocery stores and all that into shopping malls is the way it should have been done early on. Um, and he would be, you know, singing their
0: praises, I'd imagine. Thanks for listening to this episode of Industry Interrupted. I'm Sean Stanley. Industry Interrupted is produced by Anne Lang, Laura Raguerre, Tara Deschamps, and Stephanie Chan. Thank you to our sponsor, Fidelity Investments. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going back to the virtual reality arcade. Oh, here comes another half-eaten zombie right in our face. With- oh, <laughs> stabbing us multiple times oh. with scissors. Isn't anybody
4: friendly in